From the studios of WHUP LP in Hillsboro, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, In life, you get a bunch of opportunities. Some of those opportunities you create yourself, some of those you just kind of luck into, either through privilege, being in the right place at the right time, things like that. My guest today is somebody that has created an opportunity that's extremely exciting. And Junio Casio has gotten something that no one can say he didn't earn. He's earned his way into the Kasai eight-man pro invitational with some of the biggest names in the sport, from Gary Tonin to Manchurkara to uh, Gianni Grippo and more. We'll get into that in the interview. But he, in order to get into that event, he had to win a 16-man bracket with some really, really tough guys. And so he's earned this opportunity, and we're excited to see what he does with it. We'll talk about, about that with him in our featured interview. Before we get into any of that, uh, we have to tell you how to get a hold of the show. You can always email the show at cagesidewhup at gmail.com. You can get at us on Twitter at, at DWB Radio. We're on Instagram at Dirty White Belt. And, of course, you can always get at us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cagesideradio. We update everything there. We're also very active on the blog at dirtywhitebelt.com slash blog. And if you're interested in our awards, our year-end awards, which we'll talk about toward the end of the news segment, we're going to post a lot of activity related to the nomination process, the voting process on our blog. So please check out dirtywhitebelt.com if you have any information, if you have uh, any, any requests for information. So a lot going on lately. Yesterday was U.S. Grappling Greensboro, and at U.S. Grappling Greensboro, there were a lot of tremendous matches, a lot of fun had, and two really momentous, I think, life events that are sort of personal note things that I want to mention before uh, we get into the rest of the news. So it was Amber Habel's birthday, and showing both dedication uh, to the art uh, and uh, what she truly loves, uh, Amber showed up and competed, and competed for the first time in Advanced No Gi, where she won a gold medal. So congratulations to Amber uh, competing and winning gold on her birthday. She also medaled in the absolute. And uh, to continue, today she's going to compete in the Charlottesville, Virginia Superfight Series that's being organized by Saida Durkee. Thanks, Saida, for organizing another cool event for folks to compete at. Uh, Amber is uh, driving up uh, the day after competing in a grappling tournament to compete in a super fight and so that shows her dedication to the art happy birthday to amber and congratulations for all her recent success on the other momentous life event score um, two of the mainstays of the local jiu-jitsu scene one of which you've heard on the podcast many times another we'd love to get on sometime john bagels telford and beverly huang who've been dating each other for some time and are regular on the u.s grappling scene if you compete at u.s grappling or if you're just active in jiu-jitsu in richmond in in or in the triangle you know these folks um so yesterday they got engaged and i want to send out my heartfelt congratulations and wishes for a happy wonderful life together for bagels and beverly both of you guys are awesome and we're so uh grateful uh 
to for you sharing the moment with the rest of us in the grappling scene. You uh, you know the, they bagels proposed on the mats. I'm sure anybody who's uh, followed Facebook and followed CAM photography and design on Facebook watched them capture that moment. If you haven't, fire up Facebook and check it out because it's definitely worth worth the view. It makes me happy every time it scrolls by my Facebook feed. The other thing I wanted to mention is I uh, I, I reached out to John to see if he'd want to call in and talk about the proposal and the thought process. And hopefully we will be able to get either he or Beverly in the studio to talk about that at some point. But uh, John is driving the U.S. grappling truck north to Richmond, Virginia, and so couldn't call in. But uh, thanks for thinking of it, and congratulations anyway. On a more jujitsu-related note, or a more purely jujitsu-related note, uh, there are a lot of upcoming things that you should be interested in. Next weekend, November 4th, Dominica Oblanite is back in Durham, North Carolina. She's going to be teaching a seminar as well as privates and small group classes at Elevate MMA. Now, if you were around for the last time we brought Dominica down, uh, Dirty White Belt sponsored that trip and uh, brought Dominica down for a day of women's only classes as well as a day of a jiggy seminar open to everybody. Um, she taught some tremendous stuff, uh, stuff that was really mind-blowing. And it was really interesting to see both how her unique attributes create a game that's that's germane to her but also how those insights are able to really help you uh, get to the next level in your own game and you know I'm you know physically Dominica and I are not a lot alike you know I'm a guy she's a lady um, she's very tall I am um, not I don't think she's vegan although uh, we'll find out uh, but you know Dominica was able to teach me some stuff that I still use to this day and so if you're interested in getting better at jiu-jitsu and if you're listening to this podcast I assume you are you should go check out Dominica's seminar at Elevate MMA on November 4th also if you're interested in a small group class I am probably going to be doing one of those and so if you're interested in and in participating in a small group class with Dominica and me definitely feel free to message me at any of the uh, information at, at any of the email addresses that that I gave at the top of the show that same weekend, I think what you do is going to depend geographically where you are November 4th because you have Grapplethon going on in Washington, D.C., which is always an amazing event. Lori Porsche is uh, organizing that, and we're posting on Monday to our Facebook page a link to Lori's fundraising page. They're raising money for Disabled Veteran, which is an organization that helps disabled veterans, and uh, a really worthy cause. So if you're in the Triangle at all, Dominica's seminar is a must-go. If you're anywhere near Washington, D.C., you should definitely check out Grapplethon. I know there are folks that are road tripping both places, so there'll be ways that you can do that. The following weekend, November 11th, if you didn't get to go to the Grapplethon in D.C., the Pendergrass Foundation, the George Pendergrass Foundation, uh, which raises money for leukemia and lymphoma research, is doing a, a Grapplethon on November 11th. They're going to raise money uh, for the George Pendergrass Foundation. A lot of you guys know Guy and Rob, the twins that run the Pendergrass Academy of Martial Arts. This is always an, a fantastic event that raises money for a really good cause. And so November 11th, we'll post information about that on our Facebook page as well. And finally, to take you through November, or at least get you to the uh, to Thanksgiving, on November 18th, Bernardo Faria comes back to Elevate MMA. And, you know, I know a lot of people out here that play Deep Half Guard or that love the over-underpass are very excited about that seminar. Unfortunately, it is sold out, but I believe there are still some small, uh, I, I believe there are some privates available. I'm not really sure Betty Broadhurst is organizing that. U.S. Grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons. Run by grapplers for grapplers, U.S. Grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors. Whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and U.S. Grappling runs true no-time-limit submission-only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com. So that gets us into December. 
And December is, some, and this this leads to something that I really want to talk about. So people appear to be really excited about the Dirty White Bell Awards, and I'm so glad because that was exactly what I had hoped for when we started these awards. Basically, we want to recognize people throughout the grappling community in the American Southeast that maybe don't get the recognition they deserve, or to just take a moment and appreciate the contributions that people have made to the community over the past 365 days. So there are a lot of posts on the blog at dirtywhitebelt.com slash blog explaining exactly the process for these awards, but I thought it take a moment for podcast listeners to check it out as well and give you guys a super secret tip for how to get your best candidate the best to, uh, to how to put your your favorite candidate's best foot forward so here's what happens we have an open nomination process for all of the awards that we're giving for Jujutero of the year Jujutero of the year for most inspirational match of the year for men match of the year for women coach of the year for self-defense coach of the year for tournament jiu-jitsu we have an open nomination process if you know of somebody that's deserving you get to nominate them you can email us at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com you can post it on our Facebook page you can get at us on Twitter any 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 one of those you can nominate and we're keeping a running tally of everybody who gets nominated on dirtywebl.com which, we'll, which we link to fairly regularly at the end of the nomination process, which is going to be December 1st, that December 1st, we're going to call a halt, just like nominations are going to end. And, uh, and we'll have a list of, for, each person, for each award. At that point, we have a panel of seven distinguished judges from throughout the grappling community. We have people from D.C. We have people from Richmond. We have people from the Triangle. We have people from South Carolina. We have people from most of the major jiu-jitsu teams in the area and a wide diversity of jiu-jitsu teams because we don't want folks just being able to vote for their friends, although hopefully we're all friends here. Once the nomination process closes, we're going to take that to the judges and say, these are our nominees. We're going to ask those judges who, again, represent tremendous geographic diversity, team diversity. Uh, it's, it's a great panel. I'm, re- I'm really, really excited to get people engaged with it. We're going to ask those folks to rank their favorites one through three in each of the categories. We're going to tally up those points and figure out who wins our inaugural Dirty White Belt Radio Awards. Now, you might ask yourself. Um, well, before I get into before I get into how you can help your favorite candidate win, let me tell you one other important programming note, which is every Monday we're going to be updating the nominees. And so, if you're interested in seeing the most complete list of who the nominees are, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com/cageside-radio every Monday, when we'll be linking to uh, the page that updates all the nominees. So. Maybe the person you want to nominate has already been nominated. It's fine. There's no harm in re-nominating them, but you can always check out beforehand. Now, so when we take that to the judges, and I hope I've explained that process fairly clearly, um, obviously the judges are going to vote. Now, you might ask, like, how can I influence the judges? Because the reality is some of the people, you know, with, with as, as broad our geographic diversity is, some of the people we're going to know very well and some of the people we're not. Like, for example, somebody from South Carolina may not know a grappler from D.C. and what makes that grappler so inspirational. Or I may not know somebody from Richmond as well as somebody from Richmond might know somebody from Richmond or, or from, from Columbia or wherever. And so how can you influence the judges? There are three ways, and a lot of you have done at least one of these ways. The first is to, to write in and nominate them. That's great. That's great. Uh, but if all we know is, hey, I support this person for this award, it, it doesn't give us the, as much to grab onto, right? Like, I know that you think that person is inspirational, but if you, if you don't write us a little something about what makes them inspirational, it, it doesn't help us evaluate, you know, why exactly that person was nominated. And so the two most important ways that you can influence the judges, you can write us a short piece 
like can be just a paragraph, a couple of sentences. It can be something very long. We've gotten some terrific nomination letters so far and stuff that's really actually legitimately moving, which is pretty cool. But so if you write like, hey, I'm nominating this person for most inspirational. This is why this person inspires me. This is why this person inspires others. That's going to really help the judges, especially if they don't know that person personally. But the most effective way, and this is the super secret tip just for people who are listening to this podcast, the best way to influence people, humans respond to audio. So I want you to call and leave us a voicemail that explains why you're supporting the candidate that you're supporting for the for the award category. So if you're if you're nominating, let's say you nominated Caitlin Huggins for Jujutera of the Year. If you call in and leave us a voicemail at 360-389-2830 that explains, well, Caitlin did these tournaments this year, Caitlin won this match this year, Caitlin helped all these different people, whatever your reasoning is for why that person deserves that award. If you call and you leave us a voicemail at 360-389-2830, we're going to distribute all of those voicemails to the judges beforehand so that you're going to get the chance to make your case directly to the judges. But also, you might end up on our awards show, which will be December 10th. So that's another sort of exclusive for podcast listeners is that the podcast of December 10th on Sunday, December 10th, we're going to release a show that tells you who all the award winners are and everything that you wrote us or everything you called in and told us is going to be fodder for explaining, all right, this is why this person wins this award. We may, depending on time, also do silver and bronze medals as well because, again, the point of this is for us to have some fun, for us to recognize people that deserve recognition, and for us to explain like some of the great things that are going on in our community every day, which you might not be aware of if you don't train regularly in Washington, D.C. or in Richmond, Virginia or in South Carolina or in the Triangle. And so we just want to make us all that much more connected. So to recap, you can nominate anybody you want up until December 1st. You can nominate people by posting on our Facebook page, tweeting at us. You can email us at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com. On December 1st, the nominations will close and all the material we have is going to go to the judges who are going to vote. How can you influence the judges? You can write something that's it can be short, but just gives a rationale for like, this person is really inspirational in the way that they run their kids program. This person is inspirational because of the way they've overcome circumstances, whatever it is. But the most important and best way, and I think this is going to be the one that's going to persuade me the most, call and leave us a voicemail, 360-389-2830. Leave us a voicemail about why you think that your preferred candidates ought to win the Dirty White Belt Radio Awards, the first inaugural duties, and the, the, first, <laughs> the first inaugural dirties. And then come back and tune in on December 10th for the show, and you will be able to hear those awards announced. And, you know, another idea that we have is, you know, so December 10th show is basically going to be an announcement show. Like, here's who won the awards. We're going to have some sound clips from people that sent us voicemails. We're going to read some testimonials from people that emailed us. And then, ideally, what we want to do is we want to feature all of the award recipients on their own their own episode of the podcast. So maybe we get the Jujutero of the year in for a show. Maybe that maybe we do two shows where it's, you know, one is Jujutero, Jujutero of the year, one is most inspirational, but you'll get to hear from the people that you voted for. So consider that when you're lending your support. If there's somebody that you've always wanted to hear on the show, if they win one of these awards, you're probably going to be able to hear them on the show. And finally, I just want to thank everybody who's participating. You never have any idea when you start something like this how the community is going to respond, but honestly, I've met I've gotten so many great messages from people that I know, from people that I've never met, from people that, you know, have never met me or never heard of me, and are just like, hey, I heard you giving these awards. You've gotta know about this amazing coach. 
And that's been really inspiring. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's participating. You can continue to participate through December 1st by nominating, and you can continue to participate uh, after December 10th by listening to the show and celebrating the year in jiu-jitsu with us, with the first annual Dirty White Belt Radio Awards. I'm going to tell an absolutely true story about a Toro BJJ product without naming any names. When I was at the World Jiu-Jitsu Championship one year, I was carrying around my Toro BJJ rash guard, and a legend of Jiu-Jitsu saw it and said, man, I love that rash guard. I, feeling obligated, gave it to him and said, please, train this. I've enjoyed your matches for years. He said, I can't take a picture of you with it because I'm sponsored by another company, but believe me, I'm going to train in this. Toro BJJ makes the best geese and rash guards around, so for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and all all your fight shop needs go to torobjj.com Junio Ocasio was one of the hardest working guys I know. He's a low-key, hardworking guy who trains at a Unity Jiu-Jitsu in New York. And if you haven't heard of you, of Juni, uh, you need to get familiar. Um, we've posted a bunch of his highlight videos onto our website, had him on the show a couple of times. And this last month, he's really broken through. As you'll hear during this interview, in the last month or so, Juni has won a gold medal at the Pans, has won a qualifying tournament to get into the Kasai Grappling Challenge, which is something that we'll talk about extensively, and has won a super fight at the Show the Art Finishers Series by Outside Heel Hook. You'll hear him talk about all of these during the course of this interview, but before we get into the interview, I want to magnify exactly how impressive this achievement is. So if you haven't heard of the Kasai Pro, it's a relatively new promotion, but it's one that has some of the biggest names in the sport involved and has some of the biggest names uh, around competing. So not only are they convening some of Jiu-Jitsu's most decorated names and creating a ton of compelling matchups, they're featuring an eight-man no-gi tournament at 155 pounds on December 9th to crown their inaugural lightweight champion. Uh, they're going to use the IBJJF point system, but there won't be advantages, and all submissions are going to be legal, which I think is a very interesting and I think visually compelling format that is going to be fascinating for those of us that are fans of sport jiu-jitsu. If you have heard of Kasai and this particular card, you probably know because Gordon Ryan is going to compete against Yuri Samoas on that card, which is a match that grappling fans have been looking for for a couple of years now, and uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. But also on that card, there are eight people, and tell me if you've heard of some of these people, they're going to be invited to compete for that inaugural Kasai belt at 155 pounds. So tell me if you've heard the names Gary Tonin, Mantra Kara, Johnny Grippo, Celso Vinicius, who is one of the, the best lightweights of all times, the great Celsino. So many more, that, and they still haven't filled out the card. Well, Junio Ocasio is going to compete on that card with those guys, and this is going to be a very... Uh, a really interesting moment because as you'll hear him talk about, he's very excited to compete against the truly elite of the elite. And we're going to get up there and try and cover that for you. So if you haven't heard Juni before, um, know that he's had incredible success over the last month. And as I said at the top of the show, there are opportunities that you sort of happen into and there are opportunities that you earn. And so the fact that he was able to earn this spot by winning four matches against really tough competition says a lot about the work that Junio Ocasio has put in. And I really enjoyed talking to our friend, Edwin Junio Ocasio. So you've had a pretty incredible month. A gold medal at the Pans. Uh, you won a really tough qualifying tournament. You get into the Kasai Pro um, Grappling Championship. And uh, you won your super fight at Show the Art Finishers Series yesterday. Yes, yeah, I've been... Uh... I've been very, very fortunate to have a lot of success in this last month. Um, I think just in general I've had a lot of success since Pulse Worlds. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been very exciting. Uh, a lot of hard work went into it. So, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. I've been on a roll, and uh, I feel like I'm just getting started too, man. Mm -hmm. 
I'm excited to talk to you about Kasai, but I want to get to the most recent thing first, which is last night you fought on the Show the Art Finishers series. You were the main event, and you had a last-minute opponent change. You were supposed to fight Frank Rosenthal, and so, and, but you didn't end up doing that. Do you know uh, what happened with the change to the main event? Uh, I know that they they talked to me, I think, uh, a couple days. I think it was like three days before. It was a really last-minute change. Um, all I know is that um, uh, he pulled out, I, I believe, something happened on his end. I don't want to, like, uh, talk bad or or, uh, or uh, judge because I think the one time me and him were supposed to have a fight, like, I believe a year ago, I had broke my hand before the fight and I had to pull out. And so he didn't make a you know public thing about it. So I believe if he had to pull out, he had a really good reason because he's always a game opponent and uh, he always shows up to fight. And I have none but respect for Frank. Um, hopefully uh, we can reset that fight and uh, we can get the, everybody to see the fight that they really want to see, which which I'm totally down for. I think it's going to be an amazing fight, and I'm really looking forward for that rematch. Most definitely. Well, maybe we can make it happen on a Toro Cup. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. That'd be amazing. So you end up fighting Kivon Gonzalez, and you end up finishing him with what looks like a footlock. Can you talk us through that match? Yeah, so um, pretty much, uh, you know, my style is, is pretty much one pace. So, um, you know, I've just been uh, keeping that pace every single time I go out and, and just make, trying to make a statement every time I go out on the mat, you know. I'm trying to let everybody know, you know, that they have to worry about every single thing. So when I came out yesterday, um, he was aggressive. I knew he was going to try to come at me 100%. Um, we had a couple, we had a couple scrambles where I would sweep or, or he tried to go for a leg entanglement, and I was able to get out really quick. I had one really tight heel hook in the be- in uh, the really beginning of that match, and then uh, I-, I didn't control the toes, which is which is how he got out. Um, but then. Um, Right back to business, swept them, kept sweeping them, got on top, and uh, went for my like pass into a jumping leg drag heel hook finish in the inside heel hook finish. So um, something I've been working on for a while, and uh, yeah, um, it just paid off. I, I hit it; it was flush, and it was perfect, and I just ripped it. If you'd like to see that uh, leg drag to heel hook finish, it's still available on the YouTube page for Show the Art. We'll put a, post a link to that in the comments. Another thing we're going to post a link to in the comments of the show is your Kasai highlight. Now, you are going to end up competing December 9th in Brooklyn among some of Jiu-Jitsu's most decorated names with terrific matchups, an, an eight-man no-gi tournament at 155 pounds, and that's going to crown Kasai's first lightweight champion. And you get your way into that by defeating a, a really tough bracket of opponents. So let's talk about the qualifying tournament first. Um, what are your memories of the qualifying tournament? Man, that was a, that was a, that was a good day. <laughs> that was probably one of my best days uh, in a long time. You know, um, I knew about the tournament. I had actually tried to get into the Invitational without doing the qualifier, and, you know, I, I believe I had the credentials. But, you know, there's so many decorated names that just get invited, and so... You know, the the people behind Kasai, you know, they were very respectful. They told me that they really thought I should go into the qualifier. And so, you know, um, I really wanted to be on that stage. Uh, so I went to the qualifier knowing that I'm a light feather, underweight, and not going to make 155. I'm never going to be 155. Um, and I was going to be underranked, you know. But I train with the best in the world um, every single day. And uh, anybody who knows me in the gym knows what I'm capable of, and they know, 
you know, how hard I train. Um, I really don't need to justify it too much, but, you know, I don't cut any corners, and uh, I-, I knew I was ready for this. So it was a big, big test. It was uh, very awesome for me to just throw everything, every rule out the book, weight out the book, you know, everything. And I was able to go in that competition really excited and super nervous. Everybody was tough. Everybody was huge. Everybody was super strong. But I used my technique, speed, and uh, a lot of new stuff that people haven't seen me use. You know, I think a lot of people expect me to be just an IBJJF guy, which is totally not the case. You know, I have, I'm have i a very well-rounded fighter, and I think uh, all the stuff I've been working on in the shadows for, like, the last two, three years is finally coming out, and, uh, you know, I think it's starting to get people's uh, attention. Grapplers, there are a lot of different rule sets out there, but you know the only pure rule set there is? True submission only. And you know the only tournament organization to run true no-time-limit submission only? It's U.S. Grappling. And December 9th, true submission only U.S. Grappling comes back to Richmond, Virginia. Register early at usgrappling.com and get on out there for no-time-limits, no-points, and no-excuses. usgrappling.com to register December 9th. That's one reason I was so excited to see you compete at Show the Art, which was under ADCC rules. I think a lot of people that are familiar with you only from IBJJF competitions don't know how good your leg locks, particularly your twisting leg locks, are. But you said something I want to follow up on, which is when I saw, it didn't surprise me that you went to the, that you, that you would, would be in this Kasai event. But then I looked and I saw 155 pounds, and those of us that have followed your career know you're a lot closer to 135. Are there tactical decisions that you make in order to prepare for bigger, stronger opponents like that, or is that just why you're training hard every day and that's what you expect? Yeah, it was a big gamble for the 155. Listen, I'll fight up a bunch of weight classes. Um, I think think I'm very capable of fighting and and defeating people up to all the way to lightweight, which is like, you know, anyway, 160. But, you know, the odds aren't in my favor in that weight class, you know. It's uh, it's just not in my favor, you know. I'm a lean one, one thirty pounder, you know, close to one max one forty, and uh, you know. But with that said, you know, we have to we have to go for the big risk, you know, to get the big reward. Um, I can keep winning all these IBJJFs, I can keep doing these super fights, but you know, I I want to I want to go on that stage where I think I belong, and um, I, I want to go where 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 I'm at right now is is I want to be on the Invitational, I want to fight with the elite dangerous people and i want to showcase what i'm capable of and so yeah we threw everything out the rule book for the kasai and we decided i decided that uh you know it was a it was time to really like show what i was made of uh regardless of weight regardless of anything and um yeah it paid off you know and it got a lot of people's attention and you know i feel like right now nobody can ignore me (laughs) they can't ignore me right now you mentioned making the decision, and I know your coach is one of the best in the world, Marillo Santana, and you train with, everybody knows the type of names that you train with at, at Unity, from Bones to you know everybody everybody up there, the meows. But like, do you make, when you make a decision to enter an event like this, is that something you do in consultation with Marillo or with your training partner? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I usually run uh, everything by Marillo. Um, Marillo, I think, entrusts me to do... Um, 
you know, to do the right decisions. But, you know, everything's run by Marillo. You know, he knows about all my super fights, and he knows what's going on. Um, not that he makes it 100% mandatory, but, you know, it's very important that your professor knows when you're going in these big events. And, uh, you know, you represent the team, represent him, so you got you got to let him know. Yeah, for sure, he was behind me on that one. Um, he thought it, you know, his blessing was there and went out and uh, just go do our thing, you know. So talk me through the qualifying tournament. Was that a 16-man bracket? 16-man bracket, yes. And what was your toughest match of the day, do you think? So I think I had two. Uh, going in this one, it was very um, it was very, uh, very interesting. Uh, my first opponent was somebody who beat me up at Blue Belt, who was a brown belt at the time when I had went up and in weight and up, uh, did, like a, I think, the ADCC Pro Trial of 2014, I think. Oh, the blue belt, he was brown belt at the time, and when I got in there, um, you know, my focus was, you know, to, you know, it's very interesting when you rematch somebody, especially when years go by, and uh, you think, you know, you're, I'm, I'm a way better competitor than I was three years ago, you know, I'm a way better than I was a month ago, so when I went in there, it was very interesting, I, I think I went out, and uh, I think I hit the first, uh, the first guy that I had a rematch with, uh, I got him in 30 seconds. And uh, it was pretty fast. It was pretty lightning. I just hit all the moves I've been drilling nonstop, and uh, it paid off. He was uh, that was quick. The second fight was tough. I went against this uh, very, very, um, very strong black belt. Um, he was he was super strong, man. Uh, I was able to sweep him. I was able to send. I, I was I was able to do a little bit of passing. But he was so strong. Like when I would pass. You know, he would just be able to, like, throw me or bench press me off, you know? So I had to keep, like, aggression the whole time and, like, be smart. And I couldn't uh, com- fully commit to each pass because if I had committed to each pass, he would just, like, explode. And I didn't want to end up in uh, a bad position with him because, you know, he had so much weight on me um, that if I got planted in side control or something, you know, I wasn't going to move, you know? So we played a little bit more tactical in that fight and you know i kept the pace the whole time i think i tired him out and uh i was able to almost get the finish but i didn't quite get the leg lock i wanted and uh then i think i ended up finishing that match 6-0 that was a really tough match um uh then uh the, the other two you know they they went pretty quick uh i think they were both under 3 minutes and um I, it was tough. They were all tough in the sense of, like, they were aggressive and, you know, it was very hard. They were, they were all tall and they had, like, good base, especially my finals match. But I was able to get under them with the moves that I get to. And, and when I had the chance to, to pull off one of the heel hooks or the leg locks that I saw, I, I ripped it and uh, it paid off. Most definitely. And we talked about highlights earlier, and there's a very cool highlight video from this this qualifying tournament that we're going to link to in the comments of this thread. You can see some of your leg lock finishes on display in that. Uh, so this gets you onto a truly elite stage, a truly elite card. The main event of the card is going to be Yuri Samoas against Gordon Ryan. There are numerous guys in this bracket that are are the top-tier, top-tier guys from Gary Tonin to Johnny Grippo, Celso Vinicius, Celsino, one of the one of the best lightweights ever that people don't talk about for some reason. So this is a really incredible opportunity for you to showcase your skills. You, you must be excited yeah. about that. Yeah, I'm 100% excited. Um, I think in some ways it's surreal. But, you know, I've been working really hard in the gym. And as, as being one of the guys who, like, I don't believe that I get enough... Uh, I don't believe I get enough credit in general for, uh, you know, fighting 
and having the credentials I have already, you know, and uh, the, you know how how good I am and uh, how good I think everybody knows I am. Um, it's a very good playing field because you know they're going to look past me. You know, they're not going to think I'm anything. You know, um, and why should they? You know, but going into it, you know, I earned my spot. It's not like I got it by some uh, chance. You know, like I went in there, I finished these guys. Um, and good guys, bigger guys, you know, and uh, I, I don't even think I got a point scored against me. And, I, and I'm not comparing each one to each, but uh, I think I'm very dangerous, and I think when I go out there, everyone's going to be shocked. It's not going to go the way they plan. I think I think I match up very well with a lot of people. Um, and like I said, I train with the best in the world. It's not something I'm not used to. Like, you know, I'm not, un, not like, I'm, I'm very used to, you know, training with Paulo, Joao, Murillo, Felipe, Bones, you know. Like, I have those top-tier guys, and I have, I'm, you know, I, I do I do very well in the gym. So uh, I think if I fight the way I can, I fight in the gym or I, I train in the gym and uh, we tighten a couple things up between now and then, I think it's going to be very fun. You know, I got nothing to lose in that sense, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm on a playing field now where I can I can showcase what I'm made of. And uh, I'm I'm for everybody that uh, you know all those uh, guys who think like they can't get on that stage. You know I'm that hardworking guy that finally gets a opening that I created. And so like I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna run with it. And uh, yeah, I think everybody's gonna be shocked. Trust me. I, I I guarantee you're not gonna leave out of here shocked. You know like you know they're not gonna run through me the way other people are thinking. You know I, I'm sure people are thinking you know you know you're just gonna get smashed or you know he's too light for the weight class. You know. All that aside, man, I, I, it's going to be great. People are people are going to see what uh, what I'm made of, what what, what Unity produces, and uh, uh, I got a lot a lot to let off my chest. You know, I got a lot of momentum, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. It's something that I, I want to be there. You know, uh, it's going to be amazing. I don't blink. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to shock a lot of people. So Unity in general is known for its uh, tough rounds and strong work ethic from the folks there, and you in particular, you know, you're in the gym all the time grinding. What I'm wondering is, this is December 9th, and we're at the end of October, and so do you have any kind of, when you have a major event like this, do you plan to taper your training? Is there is there anything that you're going to do differently over the next six weeks that you would not normally be doing just in the normal course of training? Do you make like a plan that says, okay, three weeks out, I want to be here, or is it just kind of another day at the office? Well, I think I think I think in general it's another day at the office. I think I think if we were to do this next, uh, you know, I think if we were to do it to do it next week, I'd be ready. The fact that I have an extra four to five weeks makes it better because I get to tighten things up. I get to add a little bit more work for certain things. Um, probably won't taper down to the week comes up, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'll be ready to go. Uh, um, almost everything stays the same. We just change a couple things, game plan a little bit more. For certain people, but other than that, um, the game stays the same, the pace stays the same, uh, you know, the training stays the same for the most part. Just got to add in a couple sessions here and there, and, and and tighten up a couple things, making sure the small, small, smallest details are perfected. And uh, then after that, no, it's another day in the office. You know, um, it's a tournament. Uh, everyone's human, and uh, you know. It's it's a IBJJF point slash ADCC tournament. You know, it's exactly what I love, and uh, I'm gonna find a way to win and be as well rounded as I can get. So there are a lot of big names that are on this stage. In addition to the ones I mentioned before, Mansur Kara is in this event, as is AJ Agazarm. 
Is there anybody in particular that you haven't gotten a chance to compete against that you're like, oh, I hope they match me with that person first round, or, or, or do you um, not even think in those terms? Well, you know, there's so many good, you listen, that whole list that you just named are just all world-class guys, and so, you know, I want to fight whoever, you know, like I, I'm, I'm there to fight whoever, you know, and it's going to be a round-robin tournament, so I'm going to fight more than one person. It's not just going to be one person. It's a round-robin. So... I'm going to be able to fight in like within my four-man group. I'm going to fight four people. So I'm going to get a chance to fight regardless of, of a bunch of people. So, you know, I'm down for any matchup. You know, I think I match up really well with Gianni. I think I match up well with AJ. I think I match up well with everyone, um, honestly. I think they're all dangerous. They have all my respect. I've seen these guys in my gym train. I've seen them train, you know, outside of my gym i've seen them compete and i have nothing but the utmost respect for them but respect aside when they, you know it's time to go i'm gonna come and i'm gonna try to rip everybody's head off does the rule set play into your strategy at all like your style is no stalling your style is forward pressure constant pace constant attacks um and so do you do you adapt that to various rule sets or no yeah, I think it goes. I think my style goes for every rule set is great. I mean, the only one I'm not too ideal about is EBI, just because I'm really not for the overtime rules. That I don't, I don't really technically agree how you win that. I'll go in it because I'm not afraid to go in any rule set, and I'm all for sub only. And sometimes you have to go in these because those are the ones that pay you the money. Those are the ones that give you recognition too. Um, also, those are the ones you could fight up higher levels, so it's good to go in those. But any other rule set, I think, plays into my style. I mean, listen, it's a six-minute match for all the quarters and semifinals in the, this competition coming up. And for me, that's a six-minute sprint, you know? Um, I'm not going to stop for six minutes. You know, if I'm on my butt, I'm going to butt scoot all the way to you, and I'm going to keep sweeping you. I'll reset and go again, reset and go again. If I'm doing a takedown, I'm going to take you down and... I'm going to keep going forward pressure, trying to pass the whole time. It's, it's you know, I'm always going to try to go for the sub. But, yeah, I think uh, I think these rules fall right into my style. You know, everything's legal, which is the way it should be, but there's points, you know. So um, there's no advantages, so there's no almost sweeping, which is awesome. Um, it, it's the perfect rule set, I think. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be really good, and I think it really plays into my style. My style is definitely made for that. Um, you got six minutes where I'm used to rolling for such a long time at a hard pace, I'll be able to sprint every round, no matter what. Well, it's certainly a rule set that makes for exciting matches, too. As you say, in a six-minute match, a guy like you, other elite world-class guys, are not gonna, they're, they're not going to have yeah. to kick back and marshal their resources. And with heel hooks legal, things like that, I agree with you there, too. It's, it's really nice to see you know, all submissions, more or less, be, being on the table. Um, so looking back, let's say, like, Let's say this event goes exactly the way you hope, you know, and you and you're looking back on the event and you're saying, "Wow, I, you know, this was this went exactly the way I had hoped." To what are you going to credit that success? Like, what what plays into that success? Do you think? Oh man, um, there's a couple. You know, there's the supporters. There's the, obviously the team, the professor. You know, Marillo has played a, such a big role in my life and on and off the mat, and my team has too. So that will most definitely go credit to them. But um, a little deeper would be like, you know, the, the consistent work ethic, you know, like, uh, you know, being able to be like getting knocked down like a thousand times and, and still be able to come back up and uh, go out there and and do your thing and achieve something like that is very amazing. You know, the 
the perseverance is what's really being. You know, I'm not one of these guys who are just only talented. You know, like I feel like I have a talent for it, but it's definitely, definitely oh, a lot of hard work. Like I don't sleep. You know, like I make sh- it's just nonstop grinding, and it's uh, it's I've hit some hard roads where. I've gotten so many credentials, and then there's times where, like, it matters and I've lost, and it just sucked really bad. And so this past this past month, this past two months, three months, you know, I think my mindset has changed a little bit more, too. I've, I've been able to take those losses and really hone in on being confident and, and knowing that I can go out there and uh, take out anybody, and it's just transferred into the mat a lot more. And uh, it's showing, you know. You see it in the performances, you know. Um, there's a, a kind of calm that's coming over me now when, I, when I'm when I'm fighting out there. Um, as far as like uh, you know, that motivation, man. You just it's the hard work, the constant grinding, all those little things you give up to to uh, all the little things you give up to to make what you want to get to get to your dream. You know, those little things are what's going to add up. You know, well, I don't sleep, I don't get to hang out, I don't get to do a lot of these things that everybody else does every day, even when they're full-time grapplers, you know. I don't do none of that. I just train, I sleep, I do personal training, I teach classes, and then I go back to training. You know, I I don't rest. I'm always constantly trying to perfect my craft and continue to move forward and, and, uh, you know, try to really, really get to my goal. And I know it's going to take a lot of hard work, so I... uh, I, w- I would credit it uh, to a very hard work ethic and 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 uh, uh, the ability to endure the pain to, to go through it. Well, we're excited to see you do your thing on this big stage December 9th, and uh, we'll make sure that there's a link in the comments so people know how to get tickets or come out and support. Is there anything I haven't asked about that you wish I would have asked about or anything that you think it's important um, for folks to know? Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, everything was uh, good. First, thank you for the interview. Uh, I always love 30 White Boat Radio. It's amazing. You guys are the best. No, man, just don't don't blink, man. Uh, don't don't count me out. You know, um, I'm for all these people who, uh, you know, I'm the underdog in this one. I'm the one that's supposed to lose the lightest guy. You know, back me up, stand by me, believe, and I promise you, I will shock you, everyone. Junior Ocasio competes in the Kasai Pro December 9th in Brooklyn, New York. He'll be competing against three former world champions, along with Gary Tonin, Mancha Kara, and uh, two, uh, two jiu-jitsu artists to be named. It's going to be an incredibly exciting match, and I hope listening to that interview got you as excited for it as we are. Congratulations to Juni on winning his spot, and we're interested to see what happens. Here are three amazing things that you can buy on the cageside.com website right now. First, the Toro BJJ Coffee and Chokes Rash Guard. As someone that trains in the morning, having this rash guard for the low, low price of $29 would be super useful. Second, and this is on clearance right now, the Cageside MMA Black Beanie that'll keep your ears warm in the coming winter and keep you looking fresh at local fights and jiu-jitsu competitions. Third, the Cageside Tank Muay Thai Shin Pads. I don't train striking anymore, but if I did, I know that leg kicks are terrible, and so having those will really help. In fact, with all the strikers I know, I'm thinking of just walking around in these shin pads. All these products and more at Cageside.com. Before we close the show, I want to talk about two programming notes. First, we're going to be doing more themed shows, and so we'd like to hear from you about what type of content you most want to feature. We have about 110 shows in the archive, and if you've noticed, there are several common themes among the questions that I like to ask the guests. Those questions are designed to help me, and by extension you, get better at jiu-jitsu. So we often ask questions about how the best preparation for competition goes, about 
lifestyle, about health, about nutrition, about fitness, about tactics and mental training. And so what I'm interested to hear is what kind of themed shows would you all like to hear would you all like to hear from us in the future? We know we want to do a strength and conditioning themed show. We know we want to do a competition themed show. We know we want to do a self-defense themed show. So I'm asking, what are the topics in jiu-jitsu that you would most like to be covered by your favorite jiu-jitsu podcast or uh, just generally that you feel are undercovered? If you have answers, you can message us at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com or you can e- or you can get at us on Twitter at DWB Radio or Instagram at Dirty White Belt. We'll start doing those shows after the first of, the, of next year. Before we get on out of here, though, I do want to put in another plug for the Dirty White Belt Awards. You know, again, we're going to leave the nominations open until December 1st to make sure everybody has a chance to nominate the most deserving candidates. Once those candidates are in, though, it's up to you. You can convince the judges by either writing to us at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com and explaining why you're supporting which candidate, or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 360-389-2830. That's my Google voice number, and so we'll have all those archived. If you leave us a voicemail of that nature, you may end up on the show supporting your favorite candidate, and really, what's better than that? That's our show for the week. My name is Jeff Shaw. The co-hosts of the show are Betsy O'Donovan and Lourdes Cantu. We want to take a moment to specially thank our Patreon supporters, especially those that contributed at the podcast shout-out level. They are Betty Broadhurst, Chris Holmes, Carl Krebs, and Cody Malte. You can join them for as little as a dollar a month and support the show while getting access to some great bonus content. You can go to patreon.com slash dirtywhitebelt if you're interested. Again, my name is Jeff Shaw. This is Dirty White Belt Radio, and we will see you next Sunday.